Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. everybody. Welcome to the Keeping It Human Improvised Marketing Show. Thanks for joining me today. And it's beautiful out here in Silicon Valley. I'm in San Jose and it's gorgeous and we've had a lot of rain. We need it. So I hope wherever you are, it is beautiful and gorgeous as well. So I will take it. And we air, this show airs most Thursdays at 3.30 p.m. Pacific because we are nestled here in uh, PD tea time and you know the rest of the world doesn't operate that way but that's how we do it and I help business and marketing execs tell their most important stories to the world and help teams generate new marketing ideas so this podcast we, we um, as many of you know and thank you so much for your emails we're doing it a little bit differently this year as you may have noticed if you haven't tuned in in a while um, you'll notice that we're doing a lot more storytelling kind of the behind the scenes how people um, did their journey? What did they learn? What inspired them? And so rather than talk about just marketing, we want to talk about the stories behind the people because I think there's so much we can learn from that. So I'm really excited about that. And this podcast is all about that. And we're a jargon monoxide poisoning free zone as always. And thank you for your comments on the blog. I love hearing what you think. And next week we have Brian Kramer. And I'm also going to talk a little bit about the book that I have coming up, but I'm really excited today. So I want to jump into it. Um, I cannot wait to to talk to my friend here, uh, Brian Carter, and he went from sort of an introvert, and I only learned that because he self-proclaimed it. He talked about it. He's blogged about it, and I wouldn't have guessed that, but he's gone from introvert to well-known social media speaker. He's the author of a number of books. He's written, literally wrote the book on Facebook marketing because that's what it's called. One of my favorite books that he co-wrote was The Cowbell Principle. It's a great book about finding the thing you're really good at and making your living around that. It's a fantastic book. So he had this amazing journey. He's gone from introvert to well-known speaker and consultant. But at one point he was told he wouldn't have a, sp- a speaking career worth noting. He was, you know, discouraged from pursuing it. And we're going to talk to him about that because I think we all have that thing. All of us, each of us has been told at one point in our lives, don't do something or we shouldn't do something or we can't do something. So I think we'll all relate to this. This is going to be great. So we're going to read a couple little sentences and I'm going to bring Brian on. Uh, Again, he's got a background in digital media and in comedy and he is very funny. And I love that. He's a, he's a marketer after my own heart in that regard. He's a 15-year digital marketing veteran and popular keynote speaker. He's had clients including NBC and Microsoft. He's also helped a lot of small businesses and franchises. And he's an expert, as I said, in Facebook uh, advertising, knows more about Facebook marketing and advertising than just about anybody else I know on the planet. And he delivers entertainment, motivation, and practical takeaways. 
He is the owner of the Brian Carter Group, and they offer results-focused implementation, ideation, and innovation to boost profits. So let's bring him on the air, and let's just get going. I want to get to the heart of it. Hey, hey. Brian. Welcome to the show. <laughs> hey, Kathy. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Well, I he's East Coast time, so I got to say it's like right in the middle of probably his dinner, but that's okay. Uh, I'm no, I eat late. I eat late. I'm a night owl. I'm a, so I'm actually probably on Pacific time, <laughs> even though I live on the East Coast. Uh, I'm a night owl. So yeah, it's okay. No, you you do. You get more done than just about everybody I know. But but you know, I, I really wanted to talk to you because I you know in my sort of wind up here, um, Brian is a friend and a colleague, and he is very funny and very talented. And I was so excited to talk to you not about social media, because we know. The world knows with all your, you know, as an author that you know, you you got that going on. You know what you're doing. But I really wanted to talk about um, this story because I never knew until I started reading a couple of your posts where you talked about it. You talked about your journey and how social media kind of saved you in a lot of ways because you were an introvert. And then I saw another post where you talked about you know, how coaches from different different organizations that you and I both know uh, have been members <laughs> of have kind of dissuaded yeah. you. They dissuaded you and actually told yeah. you, you, you know, speaking's not for you. And I thought, that's yeah. crazy because I look at your success now. So maybe tell us a little bit about that journey because I think it's fascinating. Well, yeah, so it's funny. I mean, uh, you know, Toastmasters is a great organization. They do a lot of good for a lot of people. Um mm-hmm. And I, I don't agree with everything they do. I think some of their manuals were written in the 1980s, and some of their advice stuck from <laughs> in the 1980s as well. But, but right. um, you know, but they help a lot of people get – it's a support group for speaking, and I certainly needed that. I was petrified. You know, my whole – growing up, I was, I was socially anxious, and I didn't realize it. And one of the reasons – like, my grades even suffered because I'm sitting in class just like – just just so – consumed with like what's going on and what are people thinking and and just nervous that I couldn't focus on I didn't have ADD like ADD I had social anxiety ADD and couldn't focus on the teacher sometimes because of that so um, you know I always learned better on my own I taught myself better uh, and so but but you know I got this bug we can talk about that but I had this desire to be able to be the guy that's up there speaking and went to Toastmasters and I was not good. I had no, I had no natural talent, <laughs> uh, at least, or at least it took a long time to find it uh, and unlock it, um, you know, to find my natural through improv or whatever, my natural goofiness, mm-hmm. um, all that kind of stuff. Um, so, so, you know, when the, when the guy said to me, he said, you know, you're really good one-on-one. You're not so good up in front of a group. He was sort of right, but he said it in a way, I'm pretty sure he also added, maybe you shouldn't do this. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Maybe oh, I no. added that in my head. I don't know. But, but I mean, this guy was a DTM, Distinguished Toastmasters, which is like, I, if I'm remembering the ranks right, it's like pretty much the top rank. Um, you know, you you do like ten speeches to get a CTM. You you have to do like thirty speeches and like hold office and the clubs and all this stuff. This guy's a leader and he's experienced and he's in a support group for speaking, telling me, a guy who was shy all his life, you know, 
took the risk to get up there and try it out, and he's telling me I'm no good. You know, it's just the worst. It's like the opposite of motivation. Um, right. Unmotivational so speaking. I, Thank you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. So I hated him. Um, I hated him and his curly hair. And <laughs> I have no idea yeah. why that's attached to that. But, um, but yeah, so that was, that was tough. And, and I think I still have the VHS tapes of my early speeches. I'm afraid to look at them uh, because I'm sure they were horrible. But one of the early things I did was I did a speech where I can't remember what the goal was. I think the goal of one of those early those first 10 speeches, you work on different things. And I think it was like movement and body language or something like that I was supposed to be working on. And so I did this thing where I was wearing this white dress shirt and underneath I had a Superman, but with an E and I, and I ripped it off and I'm like, I'm the enthusiasmator. And I just like <laughs> ran around and was just really enthusiastic and totally out of character for me. Cause I've just always been this, like I was, I grew up, I was very reserved I was spoken in monotone. Um, I had to think about everything before I could say anything to you. I could be in a conversation with you, and I couldn't be me. And later I would think about what you said, and i think, oh, why did I say that? That's not even what I think or feel or believe. You know, so, um, mm-hmm. so I was really trying – I was really – it was really hard for me just to be myself in society. And being the enthusiator kind of got me out of my normal – um, my normal thing, and that that was cool. I also did some. I I played a a German. I dressed up as a German professor of videography and used a German accent for one of my speeches. So those are and then table topics is the beginning of improv for me. Like I love that. You know, get up and just improvise an answer to something. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I had never I'd never heard of improv before that, and that was the first exposure I had to improv. Um, you know, and later. I took a whole bunch of improv classes and did improv and have had an improv troupe of my own and all that stuff. But um, so Toastmasters is really the start of all that stuff for me, but it, it's a huge, you know, story arc because uh, yeah, I just, I mean, so with social media, it makes sense. I'm the guy behind the computer being social by myself in a room yeah. being social through a computer, not, not, you know, I'm one of those guys who like the unstructured, I can still, I can do great. If I go speak and you like my speech, I can socialize great with people after that. But if you don't know me and we're at a mixer, I'm not the best at that. I'm still not the best at that. Um, because I don't know what you do. Do you, you know, I know how to interact with, I know how to close a sale when someone has seen my website and all my stuff first. Right. But mm-hmm. when when I'm going up to somebody, I'm not a salesman. When I go up to a new person, they don't know me. I don't I don't I'm not the best at like creating rapport and, you know, presenting myself in a positive light without bragging and all of this stuff that for some people is super natural, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So yeah, so well, no, and that's that's really it's interesting that you say that, and I love that because you know I I think you know well you and I when we met we met over we bonded over the fact that we both have comedy backgrounds in marketing, and it's so funny because I, I was pretty shy, believe it or not, growing up, and people don't believe that, but I, I was, and then you yeah. know people thought, well, how can you possibly do comedy? And I remember trying to explain to them that when you're doing comedy, like. People don't talk back. I'm having a one to many, yep. and 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 it's yep. and so there's a lot of it's very common for a lot of us that do stand up to be a little bit introverted, and and so it's it it I totally get that, and I'm curious what made you say, yeah. hey, I'm going to do this. So this guy was very unmotivational uh-huh. for you, and he yeah. kind of you know what where did you go? Hey, you know what? No, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to prove this guy wrong, or hey, I'm going to do it because I feel called to do it. Um, well, I don't know. I don't know that there was necessarily a big reaction to that guy, like against that guy. I mean, I'd already mm-hmm. decided I wanted to be a speaker before that. Um, but it was, you know, it was a number of years after that before I really went to the next level. It wasn't until I'd done stand up and then I'd done some uh, conference, like free speaking at conferences. Um, that I got to the place where, and then, you know, meeting Garrison and talking to him about the paid speaking world that I got to where I could take it to, you know, a career. Um, but so I think it was more, I, I re, and I, and I really did Toastmasters took me to a certain level, but then I didn't really know where to go with it. Um, and so, and, and so stand up was the next stop on the journey and then improv, after that, um, and then I, and then the keynote thing that we've talked about separately is is a different animal, you know, kind of like doing a one person show. You, it's like all that stuff in a yeah. different format. Yeah. yeah um, but I always I always felt like see the thing is I always felt like people were staring at me all the time anyway. So I always <laughs> felt like I was on stage. I was yeah. I was not actually on stage. And I didn't, and people weren't buying in, but I felt like I was on stage. So for me to get on stage, even though there was, there's stage fright about will people like it and perform, it's not, it's, yeah. it's like I've been dealing with that anxiety my whole life. And so, but, but now finally, if you're on stage, they're like, at least to some degree, the audience is going, okay, we're supposed to watch this guy. Um, mm-hmm. And then there are some rules and there's formats and there's things you can do uh so that people like it and yeah. and and really for me comedy is like how do i get other people to enjoy the things that i enjoy like the thoughts i enjoy uh the ideas i enjoy and when they laugh i know that we're both enjoying the same thing we both understand the same thing we're both on the same page um and and i really like that well, and it's interesting too because you had already made a decision to to speak. Um, however, you know I, I can't help but think that somebody, a voice of somebody to to unmotivate you, if you will. Um, for some people, they would just quit, or you know it might derail them. And I'm curious, how did you, knowing full well, and everybody gets there when they get there. How did you say, all right, well, look, i got to work a little differently because I am introverted. How did you turn that you-ness, that thing that makes you you, knowing that, hey, I'm this person, and really turn that and make it work for you? How did you turn that into an asset? 
Well, I mean, again, I, I think stand-up is a big part of that because when, when you try to create jokes, like I read like 10 books on stand-up when I started and mm-hmm. learned a lot of things. Like like the audience looks at you and they see something and you need to know what is it that they see. How do they see you? Like are, do they see a, a short person, a fat person, a white person? A, what do they see? Um, and and then And then you need to – so you can comment on that, right? And you learn to comment on things that are obvious and all that stuff, and and because you got to kind of start where you are and where the audience is, um, and and then the same deal with jokes, right? I mean, I got to start with the things that I care about and the things that I think about, and try and figure out a way to yeah. make them enjoy that stuff too, you know. Um, and there's really like there's two ways to do it, I. Think right. There's like you write it by yourself, or you write it on stage. Um, and the first one is kind of like more Seinfeld approach, and a lot of comedians do that. And that's what I did. The second one, like writing on stage. I mean, I've done improv on stage, but I, I've never, I never got to, you know, the stage where I'm like, I'm just gonna talk as a stand-up guy for like yeah. five minutes to see what happens. <laughs> You know, yeah, um, yeah. Just because I, I was con- I was convinced it would be, a, like, not funny. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah. So so there's just a, it just meant spending a lot of time writing, and there are a lot of different exercises in different books to that ask you questions about what do you what's weird to you, what's funny to you, what do you hate, what do you love, um, and and when you're writing all those things. Um, then, you know, some, some of those things are funny. Some of your natural thoughts are funny and you don't realize it. Some of the things that happen to you naturally are funny. Um, and those are my favorite things. Some of the things that are in my, in my keynotes, like about my, my dad and my grandma stories that actually happened, um, yes. are the best because the things and things about my dog and stuff like that, because, because I, I've, I've written clever verbal jokes that get people to laugh. And I sort of feel like I'm tricking people. You know, I've done that enough times to be like, okay, I think I can create a joke form, like yeah. mentally mathematics. And I, that's not, I, I'm actually kind of more interested in these things that are, that are true that happened. Yeah. And I'm, and that, that I'm not even like totally sure all the time why they laugh at, you know, those well, are, those think- are, yeah, and I've seen, yeah. I have to say to the audience listening, I've seen clips of, of Brian's keynotes. I haven't been in the audience, but I've seen clips, video clips. And, I, and one of the things I wanted to ask you, because I, I was just going to bring up your grandma and your dad, and, and, and Brian, <laughs> you have a way of, and, and it's great, because your grandma's like, what, 103, 104? I mean, it's uh, 104 now, yeah. yeah. And what I love the most about the way you weave it into your keynote is that you find a way to tell your story without saying, hey, look, I was an introvert, I was this. You you do it through the lens of the way that your dad and your grandma react to you and your, and your <laughs> yeah. grandma's hilarious. And so, right. you know, it's – and the way that you do it is through their eyes. And I think you may not even realize that part of the reason I think people are laughing is – and this is where I think the hero's journey kind of comes in – is you're telling your own vulnerability – through yeah. them, and your audience yeah. is saying, "I get that. 
I've told jokes to right. my dad, and my dad's, and you're like, well, dad, why aren't you laughing? And your dad's like, well, why don't you right. tell funny your jokes? We've we've all yeah. had that, and I think right. there's something really amazing. And when you go there through their uh, through telling that story. There isn't, I think, a person in that audience that hasn't at one time or another felt that maybe judgment from a family member for, for whatever they're doing. And I think you found a way, a really smart way to tell that right. story. Yeah, totally. And they, so they identify with me. They're getting to know me. They're, mm-hmm. they're recognizing that human experience. And then sometimes we we do laugh because we're like, yes, I I have experienced that. Yes, absolutely. Or, um, and it, and the and the total hope, like hilarious mind trip irony of it is that they're laughing at at someone saying I'm not funny, which means mm-hmm. I'm funny. Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that <laughs> and that's funny. Um, and they're laughing at the fact that their grandma's probably told them the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Or your yeah, and then my grandma's my, you know. But my grandma's just, you know, my grandma's a comic character because I always expect her to be wise and then she's grumpy or, or something, you know, I expect her to be loving and she says something mean, <laughs> so funny, but <laughs> but she's not a mean person either. So, no. so you know, those comic, like, like the, that's irony and that's uh, right. the unexpected and, and that stuff is what's, what's funny. Yeah. Have you, so. have you, ha- I'm just curious, have you, um, no, I think you're, I, you think you're totally right. And I, you know, at 103, you've earned the right to kind of like not have to pretty up everything that you say, which is so great about it. Right. <laughs> Everybody, you know, you're 103 people go, yeah, yeah you got the right to say what you're going to say. Um, have you found, I'm curious, cause you know, a lot of um, what, what you do is so smart. You weave in the personal throughout your keynote and, and you, then you, you come around and you make a business point. So it's, it always serves the larger point, which is done very deftly. Yeah. Um, but right. I, I'm curious, have you ever had anybody comment to you afterwards on your personal story? And what have you personally learned, not about the business stuff, but when you share pieces of who you are and those threads in your keynote, what have you learned about telling and sharing your story? Um, you know, they don't, I mean, it's not, I, they don't hear the reactions I get are kind of like, wow, that was great. Or that was a great speech or, or, or um, you know, very moving or very funny or whatever, um, and that's that's what I've learned that I want. Like the worst thing I could get would be great information because <laughs> you like then you overloaded them with information, and information itself is not powerful, right? Like wisdom is powerful, like tips are power, like actionable stuff is powerful, um, but if someone can only say like, wow, that was that was a great speech, then they know, you know, that on the whole, like it had everything. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't, you know, for the most part, people will be like, they'll say similar things, kind of like, oh, your grandma's funny or whatever. But, um, but that's about it. Um, and I think, I think the, the best thing is uh, that um, people, when people, for me, although I love the entertainment of it, it's when people go, so if I'm trying to explain why, they should be doing Facebook that it's super valuable. And people say, wow, that's the first time I've really gotten it. Okay. Now I understand why I need to be using Facebook or now I'm going to finally go do it. Um, to me, that's motivate. It's not motivational. Like the stupid motivation, you could do it. It's like, it means motivation yeah. is movement, right? So they're actually yeah. going to, it actually made them, they're going to go do something. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To me, that means mm-hmm. I've done my job. Yeah. 
And when you're not when and when you're not sort of in keynote mode, um, and you're because you you do a lot of really interesting posts. I mean you, I mean you should. You're the Facebook marketing guy, <laughs> but you do a lot of really <laughs> no, interesting. So. Yeah, the bar's yeah. high. The bar's high when you write that book, my friend. <laughs> um, but when yeah. you you know you've written a, a bunch of posts which I have found really interesting, and you've talked about which I love. You've been very open, and I haven't seen you do this like extensively, but I've started to see posts where you do talk about your 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 journey. Um, as a you know, from from introvert to to you know, well paid speaker with people giving you, hey, that wasn't that was awesome, um, and I'm curious, what have you learned anything from that? Has there been kind of a, a reaction to that, or have people noticed? I mean, what what have you learned from you know sharing these little vulnerable bits of yeah. your journey? Well, you know, it's funny because you know who inspires me on that stuff is James Altucher. I don't know if I'm pronouncing mm-hmm. his name the right way, but. But that guy yeah. writes some, although I think he overdoes it a little bit sometimes because it seems like in every post he's crying or thinking about killing himself or something. But uh, <laughs> So I, I think he's a little melodramatic, but that, and it works. Yeah. But because um, you pay attention, he's very, like, and I don't know if he's doing that on purpose or if that's just the way he thinks or whatever. But um, I saw, I see that stuff, and then um, he's written books like that. And, you know, honestly, like I've written books about, you know, marketing platforms, and we wrote one, the concept, Cowbell book is like a concept book, but, you know, I made the decision about a year and a half, two years ago, I've written enough books about marketing platforms, I don't want to do that anymore, um, and I, and, and when I'm doing the keynotes, you know, as I started developing my keynote to be not just about Facebook tactics or something, um, I had to get into these stories and all that stuff. And, mm-hmm. and you and I have talk, talked a lot about storytelling. So the question is, yeah. it's just about developing that voice and writing that stuff. And it's interesting because, you know, people I know um, will see it and, and they'll, they'll message me and, and say, wow, that – sometimes it's funny because they'll be like, that didn't sound like you. And I'll be like, okay, you don't know me. Um, yeah. Or because I haven't, I haven't let that part of myself out yet. I haven't shown the world that part of me, and and I think it's because, you know, for one thing, in social media, we are, uh, we're only showing certain parts of ourselves. And yeah. if you're if you're a personal brand, you know, where hey, he's the Facebook guy, or like what I do online is partly, you know, I'm I'm getting business from it, so I can't <laughs> I can't put everything. Uh, I think or do online, right? Because you know they're they're <laughs> I'm not I'm not a 22 year old college student anymore, and um, and sometimes I don't know where that line is, you know, like mm-hmm. like the other last night when I was I was ranting about that I don't like the word melty. I don't know if that's <laughs> good or bad, not, and I don't know if people care, you know. But at the same time, I also want to explore. I just love watching the NBA, and I learn yeah. a lot from it. I get a lot of life lessons and business lessons from it, and I want to mm-hmm. figure out how to convey that, you know. So, yes. like, sometimes I'll write. I've got posts that I wrote that I'm like, I'm just not sure this is done, so they go into my iPhone notes, and they're not done yet. Um, but, yeah, so I guess I'm working on a lot of my, I'm just basically a communicator, and I'm working on a lot of written material like that just as I – um, go through life and it occurs to me and, and I want to communicate it, some of it's going to come out on Facebook um, like all mm-hmm. teachers' stuff does. Um, but others what? will go and 
Yeah, but I so I don't know. Maybe it'll. The thing is, maybe it could become a book. But my 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 thought is like always: Will anybody care? It's got to be put into a format, um, you know, that people will care about, or around one concept that people care about. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, it, the problem. And that brings- well, it, it, and it's a start, and it, and that sort of brings us to sort of the you know because this goes so fast to to our final question today because I think it's really an interesting one. I think you know we're we're taught not to be the hero of our own journey. You know, make the customer the hero, and I agree with that like ninety nine percent of the time. But there is that other one percent that when we have something that we've overcome to share, you know, and we can really share that so people can kind of see themselves in that. Um, yeah. I think that's where it gets really powerful, and you've clearly found a way to start to at least to start to talk about the things that you've been on. Because I think, again, we've all had that person in our lives that told us we couldn't or shouldn't or shouldn't pursue something right. or shouldn't dream like that. So I think people see themselves in that. If there's what, just right. one piece of advice, Brian, in, in sort of what you've learned about how to share that, what would you say? How do you start to share that, that piece of, of your hero's journey? Uh, you mean the, are you talking about the part, wait, wait, which, which part? The part where you're basically talking about, um, the, 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 your adversity, the adversity, and, but in a way that is not self-indulgent, how would you, how would you uh, advise people? Well, that's tough because, okay, so the line between, autobiography and self-indulgence is, I don't know, is there a line or is it just a blurry, like a blur? (laughs) Well, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the thing is that you need to be able to be honest, you know, for one thing, but a good story has an arc and we need to know what it was like before and and how it changed and what it's like now. Um, There has to be an arc and I've seen that before where I've seen stories or commercials and stuff, and I go, you know what? I bet they thought that was going to be more impressive, but they left out what it was like before. Um, so we're not seeing enough contrast there, for one thing. Um, the other thing is you can you can exaggerate. <laughs> you can exaggerate a little. Um, and with all good storytelling, as much as possible, think scenically, put – put quotes in as far as things that were said or things you thought, um, just narration of this happened, that happened, this happened, this happened, that happened. It's not interesting. People will stop reading. But if people are saying things and doing things and feeling things, people will read. Yeah. Yes. It gets to the point you said earlier of um, you, you talked about his stupid hair. And it was funny, but it, tell, it told me how you felt in that moment when that guy <laughs> said that to you. And, and I, I yeah. don't want to know how you, Brian, Brian Carter, rationalizes it. I want to know when somebody says that to you, how you felt. So I think that's yeah. a really good point. Is, and I would don't also be add to, in, I would say yeah. I, hated his, I hated his curly hair and his, he and his overconfident son. You know, like he and his overconfident <laughs> son would walk into the club like they were a big, big freaking deal, and I never had any idea why they thought they were a big deal. Like there was no evidence of them being a big deal except for their confidence and you know, well, that kind of thing. 
Um, I totally yeah. get that. Well, and I think what you're pointing to, to, to sort of wrap it up, because I think you're pointing to something really important. There, there is a line, I think, and I think when, when it's not self-indulgence, but it's recognizing that there's a point there that everybody can relate to. And if you're going to tell this story, don't just go to the, hey, you overcame it. Tell how you felt about it. Tell the vulnerability of, yeah. you know, it, it sucked. It sucked being treated that way in that moment. I think that, to me, that's where it gets real and it gets honest and it gets pure because it feels pretty pretty crappy being told that. So I think, and, and I think that's sort of the part of that line, but. Um, and I think it's the other thing we didn't get to is a really good story. Somebody wants something, you know? Yeah. So the, and the yeah. thing we didn't get to in this interview is like, Brian, why did you want to be on stage? Right. And, mm-hmm. and I know I'm, maybe it's good. We didn't go there because I'm not sure I could totally answer that, but people are interested in characters that want things and run into obstacles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, and, and that's important, and I think I asked it a different way, like, what made you say I'm going to do it? And I, I, I was getting yeah. at that, but but I think maybe uh, okay. in, a, in a slightly di- in a different way. But all right, well, yeah. Brian, where can people reach you? What you? First of all, really quickly, what you got going on, and where can people reach you? Uh, Everything is at BrianCarterGroup.com. Um, that's, that's the best place to go for everything. Cool. And you are at Brian Carter. For Twitter? Yep, on Twitter. Yep. Awesome. Well, Brian, thank you. There's more to come. We'll have to have you back because there's half an hour goes by really quickly. But thank you. We'll bring you back. Yeah, thanks for having me. Awesome. Uh-huh. Appreciate it. Uh-huh. All right. That was a lot of fun. We're going to have to have Brian back. It's it's There's too much to talk about in just a half an hour. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for the emails. And we are going to have Brian Kramer on next week. It's sort of the month of Brian's, I guess. Um, email me if you got questions and comments, Kathy at keepingithuman.com. All right, everybody, you know the drill. I'm trying to fight the good fight and keep it human, so you keep it human too, everybody. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.